When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. With another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows, whether you're on, of course, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every time out right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Plus, also as well, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. And for most fantasy football leagues, it is the championship game or you're really knee-deep in the playoffs, so get your one up on your competition by checking out Inside Sports Fantasy Football. We just recorded a great episode this week, so please check it out at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Plus, our good friends at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out Ox1947, who was on the road with us during our live watch party. Go ahead and check that out today, right there for you at LakersBall.com under Ox1947. He is always there and always talking, as you know, only he can. Plus, also to our good friends at Lakerholics.com. Join our good friend, Mr. Jamie Sweet, and the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom. (laughs) Well, the Lakers certainly suck tonight on a back-to-back, but, you know, what are we going to do? Got lots of things to discuss. But if you can go ahead and support Lakerholics.com, that is truly appreciated. Plus, also as well, our good friends at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, the John McCallion Channel. Go ahead and support John McCallion and best wishes to John McCallion because I know he's under extreme weather. He tried to go ahead and gut it out tonight for a little while on the live watch party. Really appreciate that. Hope you get well soon, uh, you know, really soon, John. So hopefully he'll get better really, really soon. Also as well, our good friends, again, the Who Pets Podcast Network, our new friends at Courtside Lakers. Go ahead and check out Courtside Lakers today on Instagram. We're posting stuff there now. Watch out, Instagram, because we're going ahead and checking out everything at Courtside Lakers on Instagram. Plus also as well, our own Instagram, Lakers Fast Break. And if you can support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. Uh, So the first couple of posts already in the chat. Zangerstein, our, our awesome, awesome chat person out there, is saying... 
she hates this coach and she's never hated a coach before. Darvin Ham, absolutely, uh, you know, it's starting to get the heat, I think, and deservedly so, because we'll go into it in a second. But Daniel out there, he said the Lakers suck. And Daniel Barry, unfortunately, I can't say much different, but Daniel Barry, go magic card since Lakers suck. They did tonight because with uh, the game being a back to back, the Lakers head to South Beach to go ahead and face off against the Miami Heat. And Magic Man said it best. Would they be suffering from the Miami flu, the South Beach flu, the the clubs, the scene out there at South Beach? Were they looking forward to a night of partying, or did they have it already? Seemed like, for the most part, if your name wasn't LeBron James, they were uh, kind of sluggish there because every time LeBron James was in the game, they were in the game. Every time he sat down in the first half, the Lakers fell behind. They were still competitive in the first half as they were only down by just uh, about nine points at the half. But then again, another terrible third quarter where the Lakers just fell behind by double digits and just even get back in the game as low as seven points in the fourth quarter. But mistakes after mistakes after mistakes and terrible turnovers, even by a gassed out LeBron. He made some turnovers too late in the game. Poor execution, and the Lakers just could not give it over the hump. 24 turnovers to only five for the Miami Heat. And there you go. Pretty much in a nutshell there. Didn't matter how well the Lakers shot or didn't shoot because the Lakers just turned the ball over time in and time out and couldn't execute in the half court as they fall once again. 112 to 98. Could never really kick up the pace or get the transition going. Really, that's part of their deal, especially when Patrick Beverly got the ball. Patrick Beverly, is I, I think he's our new fast break killer because every time he got the ball and, and had a chance, an opportunity to go to a fast break, he absolutely killed it for the Lakers and turned the ball over. So definitely don't want to see him handling the ball. Austin Reeves had a terrible game. Lonnie Walker the fourth had a terrible game. Both those guys combined, goose eggs, zeros from both of those guys. Juan Toscano Anderson also got a goose egg, but provided at least some energy and a plus minus a plus eight was one of the few positives coming back on the court. Troy Brown Jr. Again, Nick Molina in the chat in our live watch party said it best. He was helping host with me. You got to play this guy more when he's hot like this. You got to go ahead and let him play more. And Nick was right. Four out of five and three, five or six overall, 14 points. But he only played 20 minutes again, not understanding what what the coach is doing by not playing a hot player more. You have Dennis Schroeder scoring 15, five out of 10. Patrick Beverly, again, just a just an awful game for him. Six points, four assists, seven rebounds. Thomas Bryant, even though he got 11 points and eight rebounds, really made some mistakes as well. LeBron James, six turnovers with 27 points, nine rebounds, six assists. And then you had also as well Russell Westbrook chipping in with 15, eight assists, four rebounds. But again, this was a team failure. Austin Reeves with four turnovers. Russell Westbrook with three turnovers. Dennis Schroeder with four turnovers. Thomas Bryant with three turnovers, along with LeBron, six. It, it just was a bad game overall. They look like they had been spending too much time at the club and on a back-to-back, and they lose 112-98. to And here today to talk about the game, 
and whether or not the Lakers can steal another one, or if at this point in time, maybe you should start thinking about packing it in. Because I know I've heard that over the course of the, the Lime Watch Party and starting to hear it from Lakers fans, starting to see it on the chat. Good man indeed. He is the magic man, the madman from Toronto, the guy who can't get out of Toronto traffic. It is Mr. Sean Grice. Thanks so much here, my friend, for being part of our Live Watch Party as well. Big shout out to John McCallion. Joe Soro traveling on the freeway beyond <laughs> uh, the live watch party and Nick Molina as well. Your thoughts on today's game. They look tired. They look fatigued. And I can understand it with LeBron approaching 38 here in two days. But for everybody else, it was just very disappointing to see the effort that they gave. Uh, absolutely drilled. And somebody who's been to South Beach, uh, about a handful of times, I can say the South Beach flu is real. It is real. It's there. It is real. It's a real phenomenon, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, they don't and go to Atlanta until Friday. That's right. That's right. So uh, me and the Podfather were having a, a very in-depth conversation about, you know, are we going to have the flu before the game or after the game? And, you know, unfortunately, for it's a 50-50 shot with most teams. And with us, it was absolutely before the game, unfortunately. Uh, Gerald was right. Um, you know, as Sam Mitchell once said after game, zero, 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 zero. That was Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker tonight. That is NBA a, only gave you uh, gave you a lot of effort, gave you a yep. lot of hustle, but he didn't give you any points either. No, he didn't. He didn't. Um, nobody other than LeBron decided to show up tonight. Now, shout out to Nick Molina again. He made a great point. He was like, yeah. LeBron, LeBron came out like a, a rocket on the 4th of July, and then he cooled down. He, he became ice cold, and nobody else was picking up the slack. The third quarters now, uh, I understand what Zangerstein is saying. I mean, you know, we're 35 games into the Darvin Ham coaching experience, and he hasn't figured out the third quarters yet. I mean, yeah. it's, ob it's obvious it's a problem. He knows it's a problem. It's it's likely the elephant in the room uh, both literally and figuratively here because he just can't figure a way out of it. And the pod father was very astute on the, uh, the watch party saying that, you know, he's had, he's had enough time to contemplate just about trying to throw everything he can at the problem and see what sticks and just run with that for a while. And then it make adjustments afterwards. But Gerald, he just, third quarters are are like a chinese finger trap to this man i feel like also speaking of that i feel like it's like in dune where you know he gets the he has to put his hand in the trap you know to whether you know whether or not decide or whether he actually has the ability if he actually has the magical ability to go ahead and become a leader and all that and i just feel like he can't get his hand out of the box it's just just inevitable that something as bad is going to happen always when the Lakers play in the third quarter. I got to look on a bright side, my friend, at least they didn't give up 50 points in the third quarter. Oh yeah. We could thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> False praise. I know false praise indeed, but yeah. 
Zanger, I just want to mention Zangerstein. You know, it's an old issue. You see it, and you give you credit for you've saw it faster than anyone as far as these small lineups just do not work. Yet he continually goes back to it. You know, I, I kind of tried to defend Ham for weeks now, saying, "Okay, let's give him a chance. This is his first gig. Let's see." But he's been an assistant coach for years. He should know the runaround almost like a coach as far as what to do, when to do it, what to tweak, when to tweak it. It's not like this is his his first go around as you know someone who's been coaching in the NBA. True, it's his first head coaching gig, but he's been assistant long enough to know what to do and when to do it. And it's just these four guard lineups, these small lineups are really not getting it done, have never been getting it done this season. And as Z always says, it's just absolutely mind numbing that they still continue to go back to it. Yeah. I, I, that, that's, that's uh, an enigma wrapped in a mystery wrapped in a, a, a shroud of who knows it's with that one. Uh, the three of them just are not suited to play with one another, especially defensively. Uh, it's a mess with uh, trying to have Pat Bev and especially Russell Westbrook at this point try and just run over screens or think you're, you have enough lateral quickness to get over into a corner. But, I mean, like you said, Gerald, the, there, there are other coaching staff on the other side of the uh, fence here, and they're seeing our weaknesses and just exploiting the hell out of them, especially with those three on, on the court. Again, you made a good point. The Blue Magic was there on the live stream, and he said you made a good point. That's right. The Lakers are 3-12 and 12 since 2008 when they play in Miami. Hmm. I wonder why that could be. First up, they always play Miami on a back-to-back. Always, always. Yeah, it's to their detriment. It's it, you normally, normally the South Beach flu, you can avert it if you get Miami on the front end. If you get them on the back end, it's almost assuredly a loss. And the Podfather is correct. It's if you look back at the schedule, one or two years, but for the most part, the Lakers always get Miami on a back-to-back. It's either now, from now an Orlando works. game or their or Charlotte game. Yeah, it, it, well, it works both ways here. I will say that the Lakers this season has gotten the uh, back end of a lot of teams back-to-back in LA after they faced against the Clippers, and they've not been able to capitalize, uh, you know, quite a bit on it. They should have a better record on those back-to-backs. The Lakers should. But, you know, still, when you're on the road in Miami, it's always on a back-to-back, always. It just never seems to change. And then, like you said, you know, if there's any type of distractions there on top of it, you know, it just makes things uh, a lot worse for the Lakers. Yeah, absolutely. And and now you're, um, you're going into a barn on Friday that um, – Always comes out for the Lakers. The Lakers have a huge, uh, huge fan following in uh, at the Atlanta area, so we know it's going to be a mix of Laker and Hawks fans. But it's just a question of how many Laker fans are going to show up now, because that's a huge game for for the Hawks. They could springboard, try and springboard 
springboarded into something. Um, and you know, it, it's usually everybody usually has the Lakers circled on the calendar anyway. So it's not, it's not as if the Lakers are coming off this back to back and thinking, well, if we go 80% on Friday, we could beat the Hawks. Nah. Didn't you know how it was funny how miraculously, like in so many other occasions this season, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, oh, I feel better because LeBron got out of bed today and play and felt good enough to go ahead and play. So did Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Oh, absolutely, Gerald. I mean, if if the, there's a hundred percent, if LeBron had decided to take the night off, there's no way Jimmy Butler was was going to suit up. He 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 would have sat out too. Um, yeah, everybody just loves getting up for us now. And unfortunately, because, and Zangers hit the nail on the head. It's not just that they're small, the three of them together, Pat, Bev, Dennis Schroeder and Russ, they're tiny. Mm -hmm. They're just seeing blood in the water and it's a, it's a shark fest. That's what it is right now. This is Raphael from NBA draft junkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers, unfortunately, catch what Dr. Sean Grice calls the South Beach flu and fall 112 to 98 on a back-to-back. They look fatigued. They look tired. I know LeBron did. He was already doubling over by the fourth quarter. It was easy to see that these, these back-to-backs at his age are really starting to get him. No matter how many millions he puts into his conditioning and his body, he still can't do what he once did. It's clear to see. And anybody who doesn't see that is, is actually kidding themselves. And you got to feel for the guy still so much is riding on him. And it's a shame to see because in the first half, you saw it. When LeBron was playing, he was a plus two. He's a plus minus plus two in the first half. When he was in there, the Lakers were competitive. When he wasn't, the Lakers were not. No, no. Even at 38, this man is still finding a way to be on the plus side. And as soon as he goes to the bench... The very second he goes to the bench, the the team immediately goes into the red. It doesn't matter whether it's been with the Cavs, the Heat, the Cavs again, and now with the Lakers. It's the same old story. 25-7-8. We'll be up to like 12 in the middle of the second quarter. I'll sit out for four or five minutes. We'll probably be up by four points at (laughs) halftime. (laughs) <laughs> and the same old story in the second half. Um, I, I agree with uh, Blue Magic. Part of me was a little surprised that he did play in the back-to-back. But all I can say, Blue, is that my gut tells me that somehow that was LeBron's call. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Coach Ham gave him the uh, opportunity if he wanted to, to just rest 
he could have, but you know, LeBron LeBron's not gonna do that. Not a, not in Miami. He'll he's gonna play. If he plays there again next year, he's he'll play again if he can. Uh, if it's on a back to back anyway. Um, but I think like Gerald was saying, going forward, if look, we're we're seven games under five hundred right now. Gerald Gerald said it during the watch party. If this thing goes to ten below, then you might as well just circle the drain and just flush it because there's there's just an inconceivable infinitesimal reason to trade those two first round picks if you're ten games below it it so uh, Gerald hit the nail on the head if 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 Friday is bad and and I'm leaning towards ninety five percent of me thinks it will be then that's so do you eight. think they could take one more game on this trip <sighs> yes, I do. You I think do. it's a Charlotte game, I believe. Yeah, I think that's the only one they have a, a real shot in the arm for. That's payback. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only one I can think of. I mean, if they don't get that one, then woof, you're you're circling the drain now. It's it's time. Two things that stuck out to me most as far as outside of the continual issues with the third quarter. And once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do lose 112 to 98. It's uh, the magic man, Sean Grice, the madman from Toronto, the guy who can't get out of Toronto traffic and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this. We got a great chat going on the world's best Lakers chat that's out there. But the two things that stuck out to me the most, obviously the 25 turnovers, Jamie sweet actually said it in the chat, just absolutely terrible. Twin excuse me, it's 24, it's 24 to five on the turnovers, oh. which uh, the Miami Heat turned into, I think 24, 26 points, something like that off the turnovers. Just, you can't, when you, when you're both are shooting around the same, you're both right around the same rebounds. Although there were two occasions where the Lakers just, you got a defensive rebound and they didn't offensive rebounds turned into three point makes by the Miami Heat. But also as well, the turnovers, they're just absolute killer. And the second thing is Troy Brown Jr. Troy Brown Jr. is, I'm going to say it nicely, he's a streaky shooter. And that is at best. There's a reason why he was he was uh, a- available on a minimum for a wing player. And that's because he's not a good shooter. And when he is shooting well, like he has the past couple games, you play him 30 plus minutes because you don't know when he's going to be able to shoot that well again or that consistently again. And he's on a hot streak. And to still only be playing 21 minutes in the game is absolutely mind-numbingly bad. I don't, I do not get it. I do not understand it. You have a player that is the, uh, you know, he's coming in. He's shooting the best he has all season for you the past couple games. And you don't play him more. You still stick with these tiny lineups. He's a, actually a, a wing that can provide some size and provide some defensive uh, resistance against Miami, against Jimmy Butler, against Bam Adebayo, against Tyler Hero, and you don't choose to play him more. It just shows that there are some things in the, the rotation, again, with another Lakers coach that has to be fixed. 
Uh, yes. Uh, th- this needs to be addressed immediately. Um, so you need to separate the idea that those three can play together and start realizing that really only two of them can play together and you need to find the right combination of which two because the three of them are just a disaster defensively. That will not be, that is not fixable. Um, so f- for me, if I was going forward, I would I would try and find a way to get Russ and Dennis most of those minutes and try and fit somebody else in there. And like Gerald was saying, put Troy Brown in there. Why not? Ahead of ahead of Beverly. Because yes. Beverly yes. he just kills you. He just he's absolutely a, kills you. He's awful. He's every every plus uh category that Pat Beverly had as a defender is gone. It's gone. He he can't do uh, the, the the couple things he could do really well was he was a pest and he could get underneath someone's skin, but he could also stay with people. He can't stay with anybody anymore. It, it it's it it's it's almost it's apparent. Like, yeah, it's apparent. It's it, he it. Sometimes he's seeing ghosts out there, uh, you know, when uh, he's defending some of these wings. And he needs to, like, they need to decide what they're going to do with him. I don't think uh, trading him would, would solve all, a lot of issues or m- much of anything. So if you release him, release him. So maybe... Max Christie or somebody else like Troy Brown can supplement those minutes because there, there's just no way in hell you could go forward now with Pat Beverly. He's... Well, you've seen it. You've seen how, okay, Troy, we know Troy Brown is going to go invisible at some point in time. That's the way his MO has been throughout his entire career. But when he is lighting up like he is, you play the man until he cannot do it for you anymore. Plus yeah. he's six seven. He yeah, is, yeah. I don't understand the idea yeah. of not having, you know, Russ and Dennis. If you want want them out there, and sure, Troy, uh, LeBron plus I, Troy Brown, Lonnie Walker, Austin Reeves. Pick, pick between the three of those. Two of the three of those. That's the best we could do right now, Gerald. I don't uh, think they'll buy Pat Bev out. Uh, yeah. Maybe at the, after the trade deadline if they don't get any movement on him. But yeah, you just saw yeah. it today. I mean, he gets the ball, Pat Bev, twice. Mm-hmm. And he ha- he can just dribble straight up the court down the middle. That's and all he, he can has do. he has wing, wing players running on the wings. What does he do? He instead takes the ball on a half-hearted. He doesn't even go full blast. He takes the ball goes to an angle on the opposite angle from where he's at and throws the ball to the opposite side and throws it away for a turnover. He did that twice. He's He kills fast breaks. The guy is supposed to be a former point guard. He's still listed as a point guard. He is supposed to be – and the second – the first time he actually was when he had LeBron running one of the lanes with him and didn't get the ball to him when he was just running right by him. It's me – you've been in this league long enough to know who you are as a player and also a coaching who they are as a player. You need to understand that he's no longer the player he once was. 
you have to sit him down. Forget about the name on the back. It's about what is the skill level at this point in time. Yeah, and he's a detriment across the board. You're right, Gerald. Uh, dribbling, he's terrible. Uh, passing, uh, like you uh, said. I think uh, Troy Brown Jr. qualifies kind of, John, as a as a wing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, to answer Yami Swoot, yeah, I don't think Pat Pav is going to get bought out. I, I agree with Gerald. Um, but he's just a detriment out there for, for every conceivable reason. He can't stay in front of anybody anymore. And he lacks the lateral quickness to get over screens. Um, he's not as pesky or pesty as he was in the past. And so now he can't rely on other players uh, baiting him into offensive fouls. Um, that skill is completely eroded. Uh, he can't shoot worth a damn. And like Gerald was saying, it's just general awareness of what to do and where your teammates are, are just, just shoddy. Like it's, it's almost as if it's almost as if he's not preparing. And I hate to say that about, about, you know, another person's field, but it just seems like some of these guys just aren't prepared aren't prepared to go from the jump or they're not prepared to go in the third. And like we were saying during the watch party, that's a cumulative effort that starts with the coaching staff and the players in the locker room and it permeates outward. And yeah, it's just very disappointing to see. I mean, again, you have players like um, Joe has been saying it's the fundamentals, the fundamentals this team only excels when they're in transition, when they keep the pace mm-hmm. high, when they get the defense that's not set, that's not ready, when they yep. can attack the defense when they're not set and not ready. Because you see in the half court, they absolutely stink. You see from the outside three-pointers, they're really uh, less than mediocre at best. You can see yeah. the lack of depth on this team. And the only way this team can win is they if they get enough stops Without AD, they get enough stops to get them by, and they transition, 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 and they weren't allowed to do that today, and it showed. All those all those turnovers really come back to bite you in the butt. Oh, 100%. And I, I if I'm not mistaken, uh, Jamie said the turnover difference was tw- uh, 5 for the Heat, 24 for the Lakers. So that's, that's a minus 19 turnover differential on the road. Uh, I don't care how well you're shooting from beyond the from deep. You're not going to win a game if you're turning the ball over 19 times. And and not only are you losing 19 possessions, but you're letting your opponent basically run up the score on you. I mean, this was a slow, decaying game. We were down by one. Then we were down by nine. Then we were down by 12. Then 15. And then 17. And then 20. And like Gerald said, they made a they made a gutsy effort to come back. But you just... When it goes to E, when it starts doing that, yeah. you can't go anymore. Yeah, it can't go anymore. And you saw the mistakes down the stretch. LeBron, who had you know done so much to get on a back-to-back to keep them in the game, 
you saw him making mistakes, uh, you know, that turnover that Nick mentioned on the, on the live stream, that was a killer right there. That could have gotten the Lakers back into the game if they'd have scored as far as within five points or, or less. And unfortunately uh, with about, I think it was four minutes left or two minutes mm-hmm. left. And, and they just, you know, it was a mistake that happened. And, you know, I asked him, I asked him point blank because I was typing up. I said on that play where he made the turnover, where he could have made an easy pass to, I think it was Beverly. And the, I made the question, I said, was it based off of, uh, of uh, fatigue, a super, a stupid play? He said it was more of a mix of both. But if he had to say one, it, it was more a, a fatigue, a fatigue issue. And, and the, you know what, that gets fatigue is the, uh, the victor of us all. When we're tired, we have a tendency to make mistakes mm-hmm. and, you saw LeBron doubling over late in the third quarter in the fourth quarter, and you could see it take an effect on him. And it's just the point where if he wasn't playing so many minutes, just think if he was playing five, just think like we talked about in the beginning of the season, when I said already he was playing too many minutes when they had AD in the lineup, you cannot play him 36 minutes. It's going to add up and it's starting to add up now especially with AD out, it's at the wrong time to do this, to keep on playing him so many minutes because you've seen it all add up from here. Oh, 100% Gerald. And and by the way, a uh, great quote there by uh, Coach Vince Lombardi, fatigue makes cowards of us all. It's mm-hmm. 100% true. It, do, it doesn't matter what we're doing. Uh, our job, driving, walking the dog. I mean, if you're tired, sometimes you miss things, you make mistakes. You know, but for like Gerald was saying, uh, you know, this back to back is like a long car ride. Well, usually on a long car ride, you need to take breaks. And like Gerald was saying, LeBron had to go for us to even stay in the game and he couldn't take any breaks and he just ran out of gas. Yeah. It, just it, ran it, out of gas, absolutely. And then, uh, you know, when there's no but no other help that you can consistently rely upon that's not named Anthony Davis, who <laughs> earlier in the chat, uh, one of our our, our in, great people in the chat said <laughs> he gets a hangnail and he's out for the season. Uh, I, I just think right now it's, it's a point where there's no consistent help for LeBron with AD not in the game. I know everybody was in love with Austin Reeves, but you're seeing it on a game like today where he pulls a donut. He is just not consistent. You saw him trying to take the ball in traffic. He cannot. He does not have the handle. He got it stolen from him yet again. It's happened like three games in a row where he's tried to take the ball at the middle and he's gotten it stolen. Picks clean. He's just not adept at that yet. That's game. He's that's part of his game. He still needs to work on. I still think the book is out on a good team if he's actually can be a quality rotational player. I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. And I mean that honestly. I don't know for sure. Like, I can't say yes or no. I, I don't know. I, just I don't know. I, I do I do think his see his ceiling now. His, his ceiling, ceiling could be that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know, you're you could be looking at, you know, a six four, six five Kevin Herder. Maybe not maybe he doesn't have the handle that Kevin does, but if he, if he can shoot from deep from 37, 38%, I think you've got a, a, like you said, Gerald, a very good rotational player on a pretty good to very good NBA team. Um, But like you said, he's so inconsistent right now. 
that it, it, it kind of clouds his potential. It really does. You, you, you're not sure which way he's going to go right now. He's going to go in one direction or the other. He's going, he's like a stock. He's going like this, or he's going to go like this. And we're just not sure which way he's going to go. Uh, we had that issue with THT, and we saw what happens when you put that kind of decision in the hands of Rob Palenka. Um, well, again, Jim Howe reminded me of my own words about, you know, how Christie has yeah. a two-year deal and Reeves has a short deal and THT had a short deal. And all of these players could have been put on cheap second, uh, second round or undrafted contracts, sign them to, as soon as you see that they have talent, sign them up to four year. Yeah. Kennedy Chandler, Kennedy yeah. Chandler, great yeah. player out of, from the Tennessee Volunteers signed a four-year deal with Memphis, a standard yeah. NBA contract. Gerald called it. He's like, for four years, six million dollars, right around there, with a fifth-year option, or they become a restricted free agent the year they come out, where you still have the ability to retain them. Yes, it's yes. absolutely idiotic that they don't do what they can once they see any inkling of talent with these guys. Right. And and if I'm not mistaken, he he's never actually been able to rationalize why he does this. Or no uh, if, if if I'm mistaken and maybe nobody's asked him specifically, but I don't think that would be the case. Um yeah, it it's 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 confounding, mind-boggling. Like Jim was saying, standard NBA deals are three years. So some are four, and like Gerald was saying, some come with that fifth year. That's you're not gonna get that kind of control if they're a really good player ever again. Once a player turns, once the worm is turned, now you know you're going to pay. You're you're going to have to pay a handsome fee for this type of production. But when they're on rookie deals and instead of signing a guy to a three, four, five-year deal, you're signing them to two-year deals, one plus one, um, undrafted, two-way, then it's converted, but it's only one. It's, it's yes, Gerald, it's confounding. It, it's one of Polinka's uh, Waterloo's I again, I if you're looking at this, and I understand this goes back to the whole genie, you know, uh, what does she know? What does she not know about the organization? What does she not know about what basketball? She's been around it for for decades. I think she should be aware of what's going on as far as these these dealings that he makes, the choices, the talent evaluations, the contracts that they sign, the one that you know we've managed to go ahead and take a, a world championship team and make them in a matter of less than two, well, excuse me, right around two calendar years two a little over two calendar years later, we've turned them from a world championship team to a team that's not even close to making the playoffs yeah, right, it, as of right now. Yeah. It's been, it's been complete. This is a championship caliber roster that was deconstructed slowly and seemingly unnecessarily so. Now, like Gerald was saying, we went from being uh, a contender to 
being one of those veteran teams that is over the hill. And I'm, while it does look like we got younger in the offseason, as Laker Thomas pointed out and other fans, it, you have to look at the talent discrepancy there against the youth. We didn't bring in a lot of youthful talent. We brought in a lot of talent that was young. There's a big difference. You, well, it's also a lot of marginal talent that had not succeeded in other places, which is fine because every now and then you're going to find a diamond in the rough. Uh, Yuta Wananabe, as, as Zangerstein has pointed out, has been a tremendous lift for Brooklyn Nets, and he was someone who at times could make it in the league, at times was uh, with Toronto on the back end of their roster. So mm-hmm. you see what he's done so well for Brooklyn. And there are other finds like that in the league every year, seemingly, that you can find that excel on, on one team after they fail another. Wenyan Gabriel, you know, we talked about him. He's someone that, you know, has done about as good as you can expect. Someone who mm-hmm. I, I, I've completely just said probably doesn't belong in the league unless he had his heart. And the kid plays with more heart than virtually anyone out there and plays with more effort than anyone out there. But you understand the fact he has very little skill for an NBA you know, basketball player. And for his size and his lack of strength, it's really a tough issue for him to stay out there for long periods of time because of the fact that he's just not that very much skilled. You, you see now that the Lakers do not put him out beyond the three-point line because he just can't shoot the ball. You understand that his range is one foot, and that's it for those layups, the, the give-and-goes, the the screener rolls, that's what he's good at. And I'm glad that he's found a niche. I'm very happy for the kid that he might actually be able to stick in the league a couple years because of how he's played this season. But you can only expect so much from an individual like that. But there's very few finds that actually can consistently help the Lakers reach another level that has been found by Palinka. Even the guys that he he signs at the mid-level. You see Lonnie Walker's been struggling as of late after that 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 pretty good start he had. He's been struggling. You know, it just you cannot find consistent help with what the Lakers are actually every single year always stuck against because they've got so much tied up into the cap with those three big salaries. And I think you need to start looking. I know it was said earlier in the chat you might want to start looking to trade Davis might want to start looking at some of those options. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. But once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. Once again, due to a very fatigued and tiring performance by the Lakers, 24 turnovers led to a 112-98 victory for the Toronto Raptors. We'll be back once again for the Lakers fast break on their schedule with their schedule coming up on Friday in Atlanta. Remember our live watch party 
I'm hoping to see if we're going to have some good people heading up the watch party on Friday because I probably will not be there for it because I'll be actually finally headed to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, that'll be at 4.30 p.m. start time, Pacific time on Friday. I've asked Nick to go ahead and head out up, so I'm hoping he'll do – Yeah, I, if he's there, he, I know he's going to do a great job. Hoping that Sean and Joe and everybody else in the gang can go ahead and help him out on the live watch party for the Lakers fast break against Atlanta at 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. And then after the game, we will have a post game. I know that. Whether it's me or Joe Sorrell heading it up, it will be a Lakers fast break coming right back at you here. But before we head on out, I want to hear your thoughts. I'm going to read some of the thoughts that you guys been been saying back and forth in the chat because, again, it is the world's best Lakers chat room. I think uh, Sean Grice's uh, internet or his uh, cell phone may be out for the count. You never know. But... John McCallion, I so far, man, I really am glad that you're in the chat. Truly hope you're feeling better. If you get a chance, everyone, please go ahead and help John out by giving him a subscribe on his John McCallion channel on YouTube. But before we head on out, want to go ahead and mention that the, the uh, conversation is going back and forth in our chat. Blue Magic said, let's be honest, Wenyon is really a 13th or 14th player on the roster. That's what I'm saying, Blue. I mean... I give the kid all the credit in the world for, for, you know, keeping at it. He's been on six different teams. So he's used to getting that call for being cut, for being waived, for being released. He's used to getting the call to going back down to the G league and trying to work hard to get his chance again, to stay in the league. I'm hoping he can get a chance to stick, whether it's with the Lakers or someone else. But yes, if we're playing him as a sixth, seventh eighth or ninth player in the rotation that does not speak well about our depth on our roster he is a 13th or 14th player best on an nba team on a good nba team and z you know again with with austin reeves we'll have to see he has to shore up some things in this game because you can see it easily derailing like it did tonight with his zero performance tonight that you got from him that there are issues in this game he needs to address. If he does, then he can become a quality rotational player in the league on a good team. He just doesn't have to uh, go ahead and do everything himself. You're right, as an individual who try when he becomes a playmaker, a primary playmaker, it's a tough issue for him. As a secondary playmaker, he, he works off a lot better off LeBron or AD or, or even sometimes Russell Westbrook, but we'll see what happens Again, the Lakers in the half court, especially with LeBron out of the game, looked absolutely terrible, especially on this back-to-back. Too many turnovers, and it really cost the Lakers 112 to 98. Once again, it's Gerald Glassford right here at the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there watching and listening. Guys have been sensational in the chat. John McCallion says, just don't fly Southwest. No, I am flying Alaska, uh, so I'm, I'm happy for the fact that I will not be flying Southwest there. Although I may be flying Southwest when I come back. So we'll see how that goes. But once again, it's the Lakers fast break. We'll see what happens, but we will definitely have a live watch party on Friday and a post game afterwards. Not sure if I could be there, but I will make sure that at least Joe Soro will be here. I know a lot of people were asking if Joe Soro was going to be here tonight. He is having a, a some time with the family. I know he was in our chat earlier, so he's actually in our chat now. So truly appreciate him stopping by. Lakers have the bigger meltdown. At least Southwest will give you a voucher for your stress. Lakers fans aren't as lucky. Yeah, I got, you know, voucher aside, 
still was uh, very inconvenient and very terrible to everyone affected adversely by Southwest's ineptness and uh, years-long uh, debacle in the making as their outdated and antiquated systems proved. Yeah, it's just a terrible situation for all those thousands of people that have been adversely affected and my heart goes out to them. Uh, you know, I mean, I've got, I'm considering myself lucky compared to others that were, you know, are not in their home. They're, they're out somewhere, middle, maybe stuck in an airport. Maybe they were on adjacent flight or catching another flight from a, one stop to another on another stop and they got stuck. You know, they could be out for days still trying to find a, a way to get home. So my heart goes out to everyone that's adversely affected by it. But for the Lakers, yeah, Jim House says you're in good shape. My daughter's a flight attendant with Alaska. She just made it to Seattle, no problem. I'm looking forward to that same kind of flight too, Jim. Uh, it's so funny though that if you didn't catch it soon or catch it quick, those air rates, those air, uh, you know, the airline rates went up tenfold. They were offer, asking for two to three thousand dollars because of the situation with Southwest, those other airlines. So. Yeah, if you didn't catch it quick, you're really going to get burned by it. So, my again, my people just taking advantage and price gouging. But and again, what well, that's you know that's capitalism for you. But Blue Magic says, I wonder if Southwest will recover from this such a bad PR move. I have a feeling someday they will. I mean, Chipotle. Look at Chipotle. I think I'm going to put it out. Chipotle said that you know they they took them a while it took them a while to overcome those issues where people were getting sick and now they're reporting uh, really strong earnings uh, and they're growing for the first time in a long time after uh, you know the, the late uh, 2010s when they're having real issues so i think uh i think with the right management in place which they do not have now in southwest just like the lakers they can once uh, again find themselves in a better position but just like the lakers we have to find a better management for Southwest, just like we do for the Lakers in order to go ahead and, and have it, the organization being run a lot better. But once again, we'll, we'll go ahead and close out with some thoughts on the Lakers. Uh, you know, the Lakers at this point in time on these back-to-backs, you just cannot expect the same from LeBron time in and time out because closing in on 38 years old, in fact, he'll be 38, I believe on Friday, if I'm not mistaken, for the game against Atlanta. You just cannot expect him to go ahead and be that effective back-to-back. Getting getting as many points as he did was just a, a blessing in disguise. And you saw that the Lakers were a plus out there on the court with him. And without him, it was just not even close. John McCallion says, want to get away? Oh, how the tables have turned. <laughs> yeah, they have turned indeed, let me tell you. But I'm just glad you're feeling good enough to chat, my friend. Really rooting for you to get back well and to get back well soon. I know this uh, flu pandemic and all the stuff that's been out there, COVID and all that, it's been really a, a killer for a lot of people. So my heart goes out to everyone as well. Uh, Jim House says, uh, John McKaylee, a bingo on the big three. There you go, the big three indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers falling short, 112 to 98, another loss. Uh, John Ireland on 710 calls LA a star effing town. And that's why Jeannie and Rob target the big names, not the middle-class role players. How's that working out for you? It, obviously, you can see, Jim, it's a feast or famine. I mean, and it's, you know, very little feast right now. You got the world title in 2020, but uh, it's going to be a lot of famine. I mean, we talked about it on last night's show when it comes to Jeannie Buss and, and the organization that she's running. I mean, yeah, you could say some of the early years were the aftermath of the poor 
management that was run before by her brother and Mitch Kupchak and having to deal with that. But in 10 seasons now, since she's taken over as governor, two playoff appearances, only two. Yes, one was a championship, and that's awesome, but only two, two out of 10. You got to start putting some of the blame on her when it comes uh, about this, this continual issues of not making the playoffs, especially when you have one of the greatest players to ever play the game, whether you call him LaFraud or whether you call him, you know, whatever, he is still one of the greatest players, wherever you rank him, one of the greatest players of all time in the NBA. And Anthony Davis, when he's healthy, is someone out there who can play, as we saw earlier this year, like an MVP. So with that being said, you were not able to take advantage of it more than what you did. And a first round exit and a championship, does that equal success for the Lakers in the past 10 seasons? I don't know. I, I mean, that's not entirely up to me. That's something that I would question. Uh, you know, I have to look at it analytically and say, no, when you only make the playoffs twice in 10 years, you could throw the championship and say, yeah, it was a success because in 10 years, most teams haven't gotten a championship. So it, you can look at the barometer either which way, but it's still something that the Lakers need to address in the front office. And Jim, you said it best earlier as far as the Lakers being valued. They're probably closer to $8 billion. If they went on the block right now, they went on the auction block right now, you would probably get a bid for $8 billion for the Lakers, I, or at least high sevens, I have a feeling. So if if the Phoenix Suns for their entire organization can get four, I think the Lakers could probably get sevens, uh, high sevens or eights. But Blue Magic says the million-dollar question, when is LeBron going to go passive-aggressive like he always does and start pushing for a trade in the media? I wonder if it will happen at all. He's starting to mention it already in his comments that you know the team just can't win consistently without AD. And uh, he started to already start his... Uh, passive aggressiveness a little bit a little bit testy i'm sure if there's a quote tonight and i'll look it up here in a minute i really think that uh you're going to start hearing that passive aggressive from lebron but you know it's it's a shame it's a shame because you know according to mike trell as the numbers say 24 to 5 in turnovers led to a 31 to 2 31 to 2 advantage off the turnovers that is absolutely disgusting 31 to 2 as far as the actual points off of turnover differential for the Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat. Just absolutely disgusting the way that Miami was able to go ahead and take advantage of it. That's the game right there in a nutshell. That whole game. That's that's it right there. The Lakers now fall to 14 and 21. They're three games out of a play-in spot behind the Golden State Warriors. There's there a game. Uh, there are actually two games uh, behind Minnesota, who is out of the play-in mix, and Oklahoma City. They're behind by a game and a half. So they got to not only hop over one team, not only two teams, but three teams. They got to hop over one of which is the current world champions to get into the play-in. So to get into the play-in is just going to be a lot harder to get. Fried Chicken says, we'll see Rob and Jeannie March 7th at Powell Jersey's retirement. I, I will see Jeannie there. I don't know about Rob. Rob is just, yeah. That, that's the first time we're going to see Rob because Rob's been in hiding for uh, quite a few weeks now. That's, uh, that's a shame. Yeah, John's, yes, they, they had 24 turnovers tonight, but it led to 31 Miami points. 31 to 2 off of turnovers. That is absolutely 
disgusting. And that was the game right there. Once again, the Lakers do lose 112 to 98. We want to thank so much for everybody for catching up with us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Usually I got a lot of great uh, panelists, co-hosts alongside of me, but Sean Grice, it looks like his internet went out in Toronto or he got stuck in Toronto traffic. Joe is enjoying a fine dinner with the family, so I'm hoping he's doing well while he's still texting part of the chat right there. Same with Jamie Sweet, enjoying time with the fam right there in this holiday season. Blue Magic says, meanwhile, Rob continues to hide from the media. Absolutely. You know, if you're doing this bad, you should be out in the forefront taking the hits, but he's not. Instead, that, you know, this this front office has been virtually silent. Zangerstein says Rob is there when it's going well and when he's hiding, he's hiding when it's difficult. Yeah, it's 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 right there. John McKinley says he's enjoying a fine bottle of Gatorade. My friend, just keep hydrated, try to get better. Hope you're feeling better very soon. Wishing all the best for you. And again, check out the John McCallion channel on YouTube. I know he's going to have a lot of good stuff when he gets back on. Sanger Science says, I think LeBron wants to live in LA. His business is in media. Honestly, if the expansion happens, watch him owning a team and probably spend more time than Jeannie. You know, though, everybody forgets about this. House Party was moved from a summer release. It was actually taken off the film schedule. And it's now been put on in January, which is usually a bad month for movies. That's where you send movies to die is in January. So keep note of that. If House Party does not succeed with Avatar, the only real movie that's making money right now at the box office. So I'm not saying it's going to tank, but January, according to my time working with the Pop Culture Cosmos and doing that show for so many years, that... January is usually a bad month for movies. Remember Morbius, everyone, this past January? Need I say more? So if that's the case, LeBron is going to have to probably, I understand that he wants to live in LA. I understand he wants to be in Hollywood and entertainment, but hopefully he can attach himself to better projects that are actually going to be pushed and promoted a lot better than than what he has currently. So otherwise it's not going to be a, Fruitful situation for him there as well. Not only being on a losing situation with the Lakers, but a losing situation with his movie overall. Uh, Ox1947 says, remaking House Party is blasphemy. Well, Joe, this is the a day and age of entertainment. You, as someone who wants to get into that industry, should know that there is nothing off limits in entertainment as far as redoing it, remaking it, or re-envisioning it. That's Zanger Science says more movies are happening in Georgia as far as I know. Yeah, because Georgia, because their tax laws, uh, you know, the, the Walking Dead, they shot their 10 seasons there, their 10 plus seasons there, uh, you know, and because and the fact is because they, they were given so many tax breaks and tax credits. A lot of the Marvel Studios, they have uh, studios in Georgia, the Redwood Studios, I think it's called. Be simply because of the fact that they save so much money by filming there in Georgia because of all the tax breaks. So I hear you on that. Absolutely. So if you can't, you know, it's uh, Georgia is a, a great place to make movies because of the fact it's such a monetary uh, great value there. That's because Mobius, <laughs> Mobius was bad. It is going to be on a lot of worst stuff lists here for 2022. I agree with you that, John. But think it's time to go ahead and head on out. It's about 57 minutes in. I want to thank the chat so much. John McCallion, Joe Sorrow, a.k.a. Ox1947, Zangerstein, all of you are great. Blue Magic was incredible again. Thank you so much, Blue, for stopping by the 
the chat as far as in the live watch party. If you want to become a moderator on the live watch party, hit me up, my friend. We'll go ahead and make you moderator. You can join us in the in the chat live right there on stage. So let us know, Blue. Always be great to have you there. Nick's Nick's there, and you know we we you know he wanted to become a moderator there, and he does a great job with us. Fried chicken, always great to have you here as well. Blue Magic again, just a great job indeed. I know there's a lot of great people that were in the chat tonight because it's the best Lakers chat room that's out there. Jim Howe, you were incredible. Glad to have you part of our show. Truly appreciate it. Also as well, just some great people again in the chat as always. Seeing some new faces, it's always great to be there. It's always great to have you here. It's always great to be able to talk and interact with you. Ozzy Beer, Ozzy Beer. New new individual here to the chat. Truly appreciate it. If you haven't subscribed already to our Lakers Fast Break on YouTube or Facebook, please go ahead and let us know. Joshua Deeds, our super fan on Facebook. Always great to have you here. And I know you were at the watch party, so thank you so much, as always, for being a great part of that. Paul, again, as a Utah fan, just great to have you here. You bring so much positivity to the actual chat. Truly appreciate it. His thoughts were that he thinks the front office is trying to make deals. Problem is every team is politely declining. Don't see a demand for Pat Bev, none, Russ, or protected picks in five or seven years. Not right now, it's not exactly desirable. It all depends. Even with the cap going up, and, and the cap's going up, the the deal TV deals in place, will the money that you could potentially write off the books with Pat Bev and none? and Russ, or even Lonnie Walker the fourth, that you can take off the books this summer. Is that enough to get a good pick? Is that a good enough to get a good draft choice? Is that a good enough to get a, a good player in return for the Los Angeles Lakers? And right now, it, the answer may be no, because there's so much money that's coming into the league for these teams that they may not need to go ahead and and have this kind of money coming off the book. So that's an important point. Is that going to be something that the Lakers have to think about? Because back two, three seasons, four seasons ago, where it was uh, more attractive to have $40 million coming off your books, we'll see what happens. Some of these teams, there might be still some teams that the trade deadline that are looking to get off contracts, that are looking to get off salaries and might find it attractive for Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn to have all that money coming off the books, but we'll see. I just think with the way these teams are structured now and what money's coming in in the near future with the TV contract and the new CBA and all that, that it might not be as attractive as it once was to get that money off the books uh, this season. So we'll see. We'll see indeed. Hawks1947 says no, no, and no. But uh, Zangerstein says another possibility is that no one wants to work with the Lakers. Their connection is too small. That could lead to a organizational arrogance about we're the Lakers and we can just, you know, wave a magic wand and see things happen. And, and you're right. That could be a possibility that no one does want to work the Lakers. You know, they have a bad reputation with other clubs that are out there. You know, San Antonio pop hates the Lakers with a passion. So we talked about Kevin Pritchard on the show before as far as, not having a great relationship with the Lakers either. So there you go. I mean, those could be issues that could be continuing for the Lakers. What is Rob Palenka's reputation with other teams? Is it that bad? Do they think they can go ahead after the Anthony Davis trade where he actually uh, kind of bungled it, having to give up extra picks? 
at the end there, especially after he made a mistake and had to give up an extra second round pick on top of it. Is that uh, something that people consider when they're dealing with uh, Rob Palenka? We'll see. We'll see. I know uh, Mitch had a magic wand and we hate pop too, says Joe Soros. So Joe's always out there. We truly appreciate Joe. I know you're busy, but thank you so much for watching and listening as well. Truly appreciate being part of the great chat. But it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do lose 112 to 98. We will be here for the live watch party at playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. We will have one for you right there for you at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Looking forward to seeing a great watch party that hopefully you will be a part of. Plus also as well, after the game, there will be a post game. It's either going to be me or Joe Sorrow heading it up. But we will have one indeed. Last words come from Blue Magic. Rob rubs people the wrong way. He gives me the bejeebies. <laughs> I wouldn't do business with him. You know what? Seeing Rob and the way he conducts himself. I know Kenneth Stone says this is blasphemy. Yeah, this got Rob Palinka does not appear to have a great reputation among the other uh, general managers out there in the league. And that's also going to hurt the team as well. Blue Magic says he seems like a backstabber. Well, just talk to Magic Johnson on that one. He'll tell you for sure. Zanger Sign says them doing others dirty is a bit like Jerry West. You know, that did not sit well with the NBA. What they did with Jerry West was appalling. And uh, sometimes you, you get your just desserts. Sometimes you get what's coming to you. And if it is... Uh, if it is something that's going to happen to Lakers as far as it coming back on them with the PPP loan and the fact that uh, I didn't hear any other NBA teams having this issue with the PPP loan thing and the, the Jerry West thing. I don't hear of any other teams having those type of issues, taking away the seats from forever seats for from Jerry West. Really think uh, what they've done over the years on that to hurt their tarnish their reputation may come back to uh, bite them in the end. John McCallion says, I think he gets too much credit for being Kobe's agent. Watch out. Kenneth Stone says that's blasphemy. Every time he would have given them the max. So we'll see, uh, you know, if that's the case, he does get too much credit. I mean, he got uh, very lucky with a great team that peaked at the right time after a few months rest. True, was in the bubble, but everybody had that opportunity to rest and play well. And the Lakers ultimately did it in the bubble. But since then, it's gone downhill for the Lakers, and a lot of that is due to the uh, bad decisions that were made by the front office and the governorship to the way that this team is being run. So we'll see what happens uh, as the Lakers. Can they finish three and two on the road trip? Can they get on the positive side with wins in Atlanta and I believe Charlotte afterwards? So we'll see. I mean, once again, it's the Lakers fast break. We will find out what's going to happen with the Lakers on this road trip as they head into Atlanta on Friday. Again, 4.30 start. Then on Monday, it'll be at Charlotte. That's a 4 p.m. start. Both times are Pacific time. And after the game, we'll be here, hopefully, in a lot better mood, hopefully, shouting out some wins. Oxide D4 says no. And no, Zanger Sign says that team was a combo of side players and a lot of luck. So, yep, a lot of good luck indeed. So you do need that to win a championship. That's for sure. That's for sure indeed. But 
Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate everyone being part of it. The world's best Lakers chat room is right here at the Lakers fast break. Thanks so much to Sean Grice, the magic man, the madman from Toronto for being part of today's show. Unfortunately, the internet gremlins, or he just couldn't get out of Toronto traffic. He had to go ahead and check on out, but glad to have him here for our watch party and also our post game. Thanks again to Nick Molina, John McCallion, Joe Soro, driving home while he was on the, the live watch party, Blue Magic, Joshua Dietz, all great parts of the show, Zangerstein in the chat, Paul and Blue Magic, truly great parts of our show. Everybody out there just cannot thank you enough for being part of what we do. Hopefully, uh, Team Replay, hashtag Team Replay for petting my cat. Also as well, Luca and everybody else that watches us. Young MB, haven't heard from you in a while. Hope all is well with you, my friend. Want to wish each and every one of you a happy new year. If I do not see you, Joe says, thank you, Harold Plexford. My name is Gerald Glassford. Thank you so much. But once again, it's Gerald Glassford talking right back at you here. And if I don't see you on Friday and Joe's hosting the show, I want to wish each and every one of you a happy and safe new year. But I will try to interject myself in, come what come may, but we'll see what happens on Friday. But we will have a live launch party and a show for you post-game right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Joe Sorrow always got it ended, whether he's here or in the chat. <laughs>